Monday afternoon on this beautiful Father's Day, and I have to say, happy Father's Day, Jay. Thanks, bud. I do appreciate it, and shout out to all the fathers out there on this day. You are awesome. You are needed. Uh, finally, a day all to ourselves to somewhat relax if possible. If possible, unless if you have a little child running around causing havoc, like I'm sure a bunch of you do. But to all the fathers out there, my father, Jay, everybody out there listening, happy Father's Day to everyone. Happy Father's Day and the happy EPL Day, we'll, we'll, we'll call it whatever. The, the English Premier League is back. I know a lot of uh, the Inter Miami fans who also love European soccer are happy. Uh, saw some people sharing some stuff in the uh, the Facebook group. So, uh, you know, it looks like we're uh, we're coming back. Uh, and um, you know, only a few more weeks till Inter Miami's back, and then we all get to see what we really want to see. Yeah, we are just a couple of weeks away, and I'm sure everybody has been waiting just like we have for sports to come back on the TV. And, you know, we're saying that with a little bit of grain of salt. Please do stay safe during these times. It is still absolutely crazy. And Florida as a state specifically uh, is being hammered right now. So stay home when you can, mask up, do all that good stuff. But once July 8th comes around, we got to show our soccer fandom, Jay. We have to. We have to. And we are excited and looking forward to that moment. Uh, but welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, as always, Mr. Alex Papa George. If you do not already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Inner Miami Podcast. Uh, give us a five star review if you feel so inclined. Shoot us an email, Jay and Alex at InnerMiamiPodcast.com. Uh, and check out the website, intermiamipodcast.com. But it feels great to be back for the second consecutive week, gearing up for the return of the MLS. But touching on the last point you just made, kind of first piece of news is that an Intermiami player has tested positive for coronavirus. So they haven't announced who the player is. You see a lot of teams kind of doing that, uh, just wanting to protect their, their players. Uh, I think there are probably some HIPAA regulations in there somewhere as well. But the club announced on Thursday that a player had tested positive for COVID-19 after the most recent round of testing. Uh, again, they're not going to reveal the identity of the player who tested positive, but the club is working with local infectious disease specialists and consulting with the CDC Center for Disease Control as they treat the player. The player was asymptomatic and is observing isolation protocols. Uh, we're not quite sure how this will affect that individual player's travel plans to Orlando. The team is hoping that uh, that individual can still make the trip. Uh, but there's going to be very strict testing protocols in place in Orlando as well. So uh, we'll see if the player is able to travel with the team. Other teams have also had players test positive, including Atlanta United, FC Dallas, DC United, and the Philadelphia Union. So we're not, you know, coronavirus is, is in no way, shape, or form gone. Uh, just as you said, cases are spiking. So we'll see kind of how this develops, honestly. Yeah, and I think as early as this morning, we're recording this podcast on Sunday, June 21st. I think there was a second player actually get tested positive on Atlanta United this morning. So mm -hmm. 
COVID testing is going to be taken very, very serious. And the reality is, is that it's going to happen. Um, you know, the MLS and the NBA are actually sharing the location up in Orlando. Um, both, both organizations are having tournaments in similar types of structures. So we are going to be sharing the location with the NBA. Obviously, they're going to be taking safety protocols. But um, this coronavirus is still very, very relevant in the state. And given that this tournament will be held in the state of Florida, I think that it just is another cautionary tale to all of us to just be as careful as possible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would much rather the MLS just come out right now and shut down the tournament than doing it two days before, like our home opener. Uh, you know, we're all excited, and that excitement's only going to grow leading up to the MLS's back tournament. But again, uh, Florida has been a hotbed really since, you know, coronavirus broke over uh, to the states. So we'll see how it develops. Let's just pray for the best. Uh, but do your part, stay in, stay safe, social distance. Please do not help contribute to the spread of this virus. Let's just get it over with and get back to soccer. Yeah, and furthering that point, I don't think this is necessarily a surprise to any that we have players across MLS testing positive for COVID. Shoot, we have millions of people across the entire country who have tested for COVID positively. I think what we're trying to decipher right now and still trying to figure out, and in all honesty, it seems like the MLS is trying to figure out, is what happens mid-tournament when someone gets tested positive for COVID? What, does the tournament shut down? Is that player isolated? Do they kind of do retests for everybody around? Is it, a, is it a hodgepodge of all of it? But I think that's the really scary part, Jay, that you know, may potentially you know, jeopardize this tournament more than anything before the start of it. Yeah, that's a very good point to make. Um, you know, all these players will be in the same location. I would imagine if someone, you know, if a new case does arise that they would just isolate the player, he would no longer participate in the in the tournament. But I could see a situation where if there was, you know, some sort of event where they were all together and one tested positive and they aren't really sure about, you know, how many others may have it. Again, they're going to have strict testing protocols, but I think the you know, we've all kind of got to stay nimble. The MLS has to stay nimble because this could shift one way or another and, and really the blink of an eye. So they've got to, you know, have those response ideas kind of planned out and kind of, uh, you know, uh, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst situation. Yeah, everybody needs their contingency plans. And it, it seems like the individual tests, if a case is positive, they're going to go ahead and move them into isolation, part of the protocol put into place. But even Mr. Garber said earlier this week, you know, there's no specific protocol in terms of a tipping point that the tournament would be suspended or canceled due to positive tested of COVID. So this is something that's going to be on everyone's mind, but I think it just requires everyone's most upright attention and priority to detail and really just don't kind of let your guard down you know don't go out with the guys you know on a night of town in orlando know that this is a business trip up there and we do need to keep this serious because honestly if one player gets tested you know that could jeopardize the entire tournament so um there's a lot at work but the reality is is let's don't shy away from the positives which is mls is back mls is back uh so yeah you know let, let's stay focused again let's let's hope for the best uh, pray that we get a, to watch Inter-Miami play again uh, without another delay. Um, but from what I, I understand, there are these three 
tiers that are going to be based off the level of testing around the MLS's back tournament. Can you, uh, you know, kind of run through these and explain that how these tiers are set up? Yeah, good call, Jay. I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, as Jay said, there are three specific tiers in regards to the level of testing that will be going on for COVID during this, this tournament time. First off, the tier one really includes all the players, coaches, club officials, referees, and medical staff. The tier two includes league or team photographers, broadcasters, league staff, VAR staff, communications, as well as the stretcher crew. That brings us to our last tier, which is tier three, which is composed of the media, non-rights holders of TV crews, and other photographers, as well as the club's digital staff. So that's really a general kind of outline of what those three tiers are going to entail. Okay, excellent. And, uh, you know, all said and done, they're expecting about roughly 200 people, somewhere around that mark, uh, to be on or close to the field for the matches. So, uh, again, there will not be, uh, you know, spectators. There will not be fans that are allowed to the matches. This will be individuals that work uh, directly with the team, with the media, with the facilities, you know, stuff of that nature. But, um, you know, regardless, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you mentioned that the NBA is also coming back to, you know, worldwide, uh, or wide world of sports and, and Disney. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of funny that that's the location everyone's choosing to kind of, you know, jumpstart their their season returns and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, very interesting. And then after this, um, you know, there aren't a ton of details on the return of the MLS, you know, regular season. So we'll see how that develops as well post uh, MLS tournament. But in fun news, and I think we were both expecting by now to at least have our kit sponsor. Still no, still no kit sponsor for Inter Miami. Uh, but the MLS is allowing teams to add an additional uh, sponsor to their kit to help try to recoup some of these financial losses that the teams in the league has, uh, you know, incurred due to their coronavirus. So um, the league announced that they're going to allow teams to sell advertising patches on their sleeves which a few teams have already done, but now it's going to be, you know, anyone can do it. Um, but now also there's going to be advertising patches on these shorts as well. So this will allow for a total of three sponsors per kit. Um, we, again, have zero, uh, but teams have been cleared to begin negotiations before the, uh, the MLS is back tournament because, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this tournament, a lot of sponsorship money being thrown around. So they're allowing the teams to kind of secure these deals uh, at being the first U.S. men's sports team uh, or sports league to return. Right. With all the matches being televised uh, again, they've lost a one billion dollar. So come on, enter. Let's get at least one sponsor on that kit at this point i don't even care if it's on the front the sleeve or the shorts give us something someone reach out to Publix. you know cafe bustello we <laughs> joked around just, just let's secure something before this tournament starts guys come on there are there are so many opportunities for sponsorship and especially with someone like david beckham and jorge mas leading the charge that it blows my mind that this hasn't already been decided i mean shoot probably like a reebok or a bacardi or i would have said carnival cruise lines but yeah too soon my bad but anyway let's get a sponsor on the kit i think that that will actually like jay said go a long way in kind of trying to recoup some of this money but it is awesome that i actually think that this tournament is held on disney's wonder world i think that it's a huge brilliant park uh it seems like that they're going to take the protocols uh pretty safely up there and 
you know, let's see how it goes, man. But you yeah, know, well, one more kind of interesting aspect of this is that some sponsors have withheld the sponsorship funds from teams because they're looking to avoid their own financial hardship. So, you know, we're just trying to, to, to get the money flowing back in and, and get back on the positive side as, as soon as we can. But uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, biggest news, though, you know, I know we're both pretty excited about this, but looks like everything is going in the right direction uh, and going to be finalized for the acquisition of Leandro Gonzalez, Gonzalez Perez. Uh, and Inter Miami is on the verge of finalizing that deal to acquire LGP from Club Tijuana of Liga MX. Uh, LGP is kind of what he goes by. So, you know, he made 14 appearances with Tijuana before uh, Liga MX was suspended and then, you know, subsequently canceled due to the coronavirus. But uh, this guy's got uh, talent, and he has a, a pedigree of taking some titles. So he was a major part of Atlanta United's first three seasons before being sold to, to Tijuana. Um, at Atlanta, LGB, LGP won the MLS Cup, the U.S. Opens Cup, and uh, the Campeones Cup. So Paul McDonough is familiar with this guy. I remember Paul McDonough worked uh, in the front office of Atlanta United, has been credited with really – bringing in a lot of the players to get them to where they need to be. So uh, he's familiar with them, and he saw the chance to uh, to get him and decided he was going to go ahead and, and acquire him. Um, interesting about uh, Leandro, though, is he is on the allocation list since his transfer fee out of Atlanta United was larger than 500000 when he was sold to Tijuana. Here's the best part is Inter-Miami has the top selection, so we don't have to have to trade up for the number one spot. We have the top selection of the uh, allocation list, so we'll be able to get them right away. Yeah, huge pickup, huge pickup, and it's it, it's been the center focal point of a lot of chatter around Inter Miami this last weekend. You know, Jay did mention this, but I want to reiterate: as of Sunday, this deal is not yet inked. Um, it seems like that the rumors are basically crossing the finish line, but it is not done. I think we've been uh, kind of stalled a few times on a couple player yep. signings over the last few months. So uh, be on the lookout for that to become official. I'm sure we would love to have him a part of the MLS's back as tournament. And like Jay said, uh, he has played in the MLS at a very, very high level. A lot of people potentially even could, could, could have considered him the top defender in the MLS over the three seasons that he was with Atlanta United. Um, excellent, excellent addition to our back line. I think right now on the three layers, that is certainly, or I'm sorry, there are four, but on the back line layer, uh, that is certainly someone who's going to strengthen that. Probably the person to be most affected by it is Mr. Roman Torres. Um, Jay, what are your thoughts about potentially swapping out Roman for um, LGP? So, you know, my thoughts are they're, they're just two different types of defenders. I mean, Roman is, is just a statue, right? Like, he's a wall, and, and you have to be physical to, to really get through him. Um, it'd be easier to go around him if you have this speed. I know some fans are uh, very happy about this news. They, um, you know, don't have the the highest thoughts of, of you know Roman after the DC United red card and you know he's older with with two knees that you know he's had issues with um, but he's he's a, a leader he brings that seniority and that experience so honestly I think it could be great because we will have increased depth and you know there's going to be rotations right there's going to be substitutes coming you know on and off the the, the pitch so um, I think it's going to be a, a really good addition. Uh, LGP is, is still in his prime, but you know, you, he's not a rookie. So he's got the experience so he can still, you know, mentor like your, um, your, your Reyes, who is a, a young, fast stud. Uh, you know, we still got Ben Sweat, Nico Fagal, like the back line's going to be great. Mm -hmm. My, my mm -hmm. main 
initial thought of concern on this was that what what what's the latest update with uh, Augustin Almendra? I, I've been struggling mm-hmm. to find any realistic updates. I'm this kind of leads me to think that that deal is now falling through. Right. I think that's a very good point, Jay. And I think that should not get swept under the rug. And, you know, I guess, what's your thought? Would you rather have Almendra or would you rather have LGP a part of this team right now? I mean, honestly, uh, I would I would take Almendra because, you know, we only have two spots left. Um, so, I'm, you know, assuming uh, LGP gets uh, the uh, the last one. And I don't think he's going to be a DP spot. So we'll still have that that left. But. Um, I think our defensive line was really not the the main area of concern. We need more support in the midfield for, you know, Rodolfo Bizarro. We also need more, which we're hoping will be the DP slot in the attack. But I would take Almendra. He's highly touted as being the next Rakame, a creator uh, in the midfield, not necessarily, you know, a, a goal scorer, but a creator. And I think that would be a, a, a more pressing need right now. Would you ever see us using our DP spot for Almendra? Because we could still sign him to a DP slot. We could. I don't think. I think they'll be able to structure around that. Honestly, I've been trying to find out which way it's going to go. Um, there are rumors that they can, you know, keep them without or get them without using the DP slot. So um, we'll see. I, I really think that this last DP spot is going to be saved for someone coming out of Europe. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think they're looking for that big name to, uh, you know, really come in and, and be one of the main faces of the franchise. So we will see. But you know, hey, good news is good news. Good news is good news, and regardless of the way you look at it, if you were looking for an attacker defender, he is a stud to add mm-hmm. to your team. This is not a slouch, and him with Nico Fagal on the back line is going to be something formative. Now, I think also some of the reason that they did this too is potentially looking down the line a little bit. I mean, if Nico keeps playing out of his skull like he has been in the beginning part of the season, this is potentially something to kind of maybe back him up over the years because he could potentially still go overseas. That's a very good point. Um, and, and something else that kind of popped into my head was, you know, maybe they still get Almendra. Maybe we still get the third DP. Maybe they're getting, you know, ready to sell off someone or, or send someone on a loan, something like that. And that's a very good point, too, because we're only talking about open roster slots. We haven't yet even ventured into the trade market. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So you know, there might be something larger happening behind behind closed doors. Yeah. And, you know, again, I kind of want to rebring to light. We talked about this last week and especially important right now with the signing of LGP is, is that Carranza is going to be back. So we need to keep that in our mind that we haven't even seen him on the pitch playing top level competition yet. And that's mm-hmm. even dates back to the preseason games when we play the Philadelphia Union out in St. Petersburg. So do keep in mind that we are we were incredibly banged up and this break really gave us a lot of opportunity to get healthy. So we are going to add, you know, one of our strikers to our team and like Jay said, we still have one more DP slot left. Yeah, no, that's a very very good point is we even we haven't even seen the team like the actual, yep. you know, when you in 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 another year when you look back and you think of the Inter Miami starting eleven, we haven't seen them on the field all together. And even if we did have them, it still takes games to find your chemistry and, and your play styles and how to fully mesh. I mean, Alonso said himself he needs six games to make his assessment and then figure out what he needs to correct mm-hmm. on the team. So um, very exciting that you know we are now kind of back to full power, you know, quote unquote, whatever you, you want to call it, and uh, you know we have our talent back, and we still have additional spots to supplement this team so we're in a good position yeah i'm excited we we have lost our two games as by 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 
hairs by hairs dc united and lafc we could have potentially pulled out the w i personally i know we're going to get into conversations with max ramos here in a few minutes but i personally we were talking off mic really happy that we already played the philadelphia union now given that was a preseason game we are still familiar with that club being that that has one of three professional mls teams that we have played as a collective unit so um, we're super excited about this. I think this signing is outstanding. As as we said, there is still someone to come. And it feels like we say this all too often, Jay, but it's got to be an attack. It has to be it a forward. Be. If we fill this deep E slot in the back line, I think our entire fan base is going to go crazy. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I really do agree. Um, it was funny because when that news, you know, was shared and then we were, you know, speaking with, with some fans, uh, about, you know, LGP and a lot kind of shared the same sentiment that we did. Like, you know, that's not really where, where our needs are. We need more support in the midfield and the attack. I mean, it's going to be tough to go through an entire season when your two, your two forwards are what, less than 22 years old each, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's very true. I mean, even jumping on the wing to Pellegrini too, we have a young, young team out front. I mean, Robbie, Pellegrini, I mean, there, there's a lot of youth involved with that. And you know, regardless, um, you know, we are going to look at this signing again, potential signing. The, the deal has not yet been inked of the recording of this podcast, but just even having Roman Torres on the team, I think, is an advantage. Uh, he, he has championship pedigree. Like you said, he is an absolute gargoyle or a statue out mm. there. Good luck getting through him. You, you only chance is getting around him. I think he's going to be a great player to come off the bench. And more importantly, He's going to be the Udonis Haslam of the inner Miami CF team and represent the Miami Heat there because you need players like this, Jay. You need leadership on the pitch. Yeah, no, I could definitely see it. You know, uh, LGP is he's slightly different. He, he's he's more nimble. Um, you know, he, he kind of plays more into the the white space, and he's he's got an eye for creation. So he can he can really serve some balls out of the back third uh, to supplement the attack. But again. Two different players. Let's just be happy that we have two studs like this, you know, and Nico and Ben Sweat. And, you know, Reyes is going to be a really talented uh, kid as he continues to develop. So, and then we, we still have you know, a solid four behind that. So, back line is looking good per usual. Uh, let's just move on a little bit. Uh, just quick update on Miami Freedom Park. So, the developers have submitted a rezoning plan that would use a controversial method to secure development rights to allow them to bid. Uh, a billion, one billion uh, commercial and stadium complex to replace the Mel Reese golf course. Um, so the team on Monday applied for this special area plan and zoning designation that allows developers to gain greater development capacity in exchange for public benefits on certain land holdings. In this case, a special area plan is the only method available to upzone nine or more areas of Parkland. Um, so, you know, we'll still see what's going on. And that's that's not Parkland. Like the city, that's the, the, just the area they're, they're referring to down there. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. That's still a battle. That's still going to be several years away before uh, Miami Freedom Park is even up. Yeah, the, that's still a bit a ways away. I, for one, am thankful that uh, – what, what are we calling it now? I know I got well, – it's no longer Lockhart, right? Yeah, like we can't say Miami Lockhart State anymore. Miami even though, you know what? Lockhart Stadium over in Fort the Lauderdale. The OGs respect, <laughs> yeah. respect you when you say Lockhart. The, 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 the younger fans, bulls out there, yeah, they're, they're not, so not too thrilled. No, but the, the, the facility is absolutely stunning. Dunning, and they did a phenomenal job. And like we've all said from the start, I mean, putting it in the middle of the Tri-County area of the Palm Beaches, Broward, and Miami-Dade is going to give a good centralized 
location to really draw fans and talent from all over South Florida. Mm -hmm. Now, I do understand that this is inter-Miami and it's not inter-Fort Lauderdale. And I do understand that the overall vision of the team and what has been sold to the people of Miami is is that this is going to be an this is going to be a Miami team. Mm -hmm. So really, a couple kind of bullets that I do want people to know about this new kind of you know process within Miami Freedom Park. Uh, zero taxpayer dollars will go towards the project, and I think that's the biggest part about this bill in its totality. I know a lot of Miami-Dade folks and a lot of my friends have a really, really bad taste in their mouth with what happened uh, with the Miami Marlins and, the, and their stadium over in Hiley. I think the traffic, uh, taking tax payers' dollars to build the stadium, you know, the owners not contributing as much as they should have really kind of left a uh, disdained taste inside their mouth. So do understand that this has zero tax paper dollars going to it. Uh, it is expected to have about 40 million annual tax revenue into the city of Miami. And in a time right now where unemployment rates are skyrocketing that we've never seen, they will bring 11,000 jobs over the next three years. But as Jay said, uh, this Parkland is not the one over by, you know, Coral Springs and Broward County. This is over by um, the Miami International Airport. So I believe it's just east of the airport. So kind of that Doralish area. But, you know, as Jay said, it is on the Melrose Golf Course. So if you do want to kind of get an idea of where it is, Mel Reese. Mel Reese, go ahead and check that out on GPS. Indeed. Well, I think that is basically where we needed to bring everyone up to speed on. Let's get into the fun part. We covered it on last episode uh, from a high level. Now we're going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into the MLS is back tournament with our friend Max Ramos from the Siege. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring Max in and go through these groups and our expectations. We are stoked to have Mr. Max Ramos, big friend of the podcast from the Siege. Welcome on the show, Max. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing fantastic, my friend. We're here in the afternoon of Father's Day. We're celebrating Jay's little three-year-old running around like a crazy man. I think we should be <laughs> celebrating me, but if you want to celebrate <laughs> Quinn, I guess feel free to do it. But yeah. Uh, very happy to have uh, Max back on the pod with us. We wanted to go into more detail uh, about the MLS's back tournament. We covered it on a high level, and we want to go through the different teams, rivalries, group stages, uh, all that good stuff. So thank you for joining us. I know we were joking about it kind of, you know, uh, in our little, you know, chop talk before uh, jumping into the recording. But, you know, it, it does seem like these weren't completely random draws because every team – uh, does have a rival in in their group. So, you know, some very notable ones uh, that we're going to be seeing is you know, LAFC and LA Galaxy, El Tropico, uh, Portland Timbers, Houston Dynamo, the Battle for Canada with Montreal and Toronto FC. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just happened that, like, it seems that the league was deciding that based off who was going to be, like, the, the, the uh, seeded teams in each group, Orlando, Seattle, uh, Toronto, Real Salt Lake, Atlanta, and LAFC, like they were automatically going to be like, okay, these guys are going to have a rival in the group. It's, it, 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 it's either, I don't know, unless it's the luckiest draws of all time. It just came out that way that every single like seated team has a rival in their group. Yeah. I mean, you got um, these United, New England Revs, Toronto FC against Montreal impact. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. The Sounders versus Vancouver for the Northwest. Is it- I'm, I'm super glad it wasn't Seattle Portland because yeah. it seems like those guys always seem to be placed in the tournaments together in, in playoffs together. It's like, thank you for not like killing this rivalry for playing too much. Uh, group D you have Rialsa Lake against both. It, actually, it's basically just a Midwest like throwdown Salt mm-hmm. Lake, Kansas city, Ra- the Rapids and Minnesota United. Um, That's my and group, then, yeah. Yeah, that that you legitimately could say either any of those teams can make it out. Mm-hmm. Um, group E is just let's feel bad for FC Cincinnati again because <laughs> they're playing Atlanta United and the Red Bulls, who they have already played and lost to, mind you, close games, but still. And then they're playing their 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 rivals, Columbus. It's like okay. Then uh, Group F is the LA Hate Fest, um, joined by the Timbers and the Dynamo, which. Uh, the Timbers are uh, really up in the air of what they're going to be like. They could either be the Timbers of 20, uh, 2018 where they made it to the MLS Cup Finals and, and everything, and they were great. And then, of course, the Dynamo have already played the Galaxy, lost to the Galaxy, and this is not a really great Galaxy team. So no. all the groups are – like, it, there's good, like, watchability standards there, uh, whether or not the competition – is there it, it is up in the air and it really depends on like how you what what your determination of of competition is um Ma- but yeah mm-hmm. max you're touching on a big point here my friend you're talking about rivalries and as far as the news to everybody else uh this was supposed to be random now i have to ask your personal opinion on a scale of one to ten how random was this it's a 15 15 on the scale of rigged because like it, it'd be one thing if like one or two groups had a rivalry just randomly happen mind you in mls it, it you 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 look at someone too hard and and the league thinks it's a rivalry um but legitimately like there is a true rivalry in in every single group and then group d is essentially like every single one of them are some are a rival because of the fact that like that Midwest connection or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, and then like group E obviously is funny because you have the Red Bulls and Atlanta United, which don't seem like rivals, but they've been really competitive on the field for quite uh, ever since Atlanta started. And then obviously the hell, uh, the hell is real Derby between Cincinnati and Columbus. So it, it, it like I said, it, it adds to the flavor. And, and what I feel like the league was trying to do was try to get, those fans who, or those people who are not like MLS fans or, or maybe even soccer fans, but they'll be like, Oh, like everyone knows that Montreal and Toronto don't like each other in hockey. Um, DC and Boston don't like each other. It, it's one of those things. And then it's like, Oh, two teams in LA. Like that, that sounds interesting. And you, you think about like the fact that you had Carlos Vélez and Zlatan playing in that game last year. Uh, so it, it just adds to it. And I think that's what the league wanted, especially coming back from three months of quarantine and, and not being not playing in the thick of their season. They like, they wanted to get things really going on and, and, and happening. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, you know, random or not, I couldn't be more thrilled with the way that they set structured this whole thing. I think putting these rivalry matches in the beginning, in the group stages is only going to draw more people into the entire tournament. I think it's going to be great. I necessarily just don't think saying it's random was probably the best way to go about it. But out of all the groups that we just talked about, I mean, we're talking about El Trafico with LAFC, LA Galaxy, you know, Portland versus Houston, et cetera, et cetera. Which matchup besides Inter-Miami versus Orlando are you most looking forward to seeing? 
Um, it's it's probably gonna be actually uh, it, it's probably gonna be Toronto, DC United, and also Atlanta United and the Red Bulls because the Red Bulls are, are a very scrappy team. Um, just every year, year in and year out. Obviously, Atlanta's trying to just keep going. There's a good chance that Joseph Martinez may return, so that's really really big for them. Also, um, just the the Sounders look like they're going to they're going to be just as good as they've been. And then within our group, uh really interested to see how Philadelphia and NYCFC are because they're they're two really good teams. Uh they were they were paired with each other. So it, it's going to work out pretty well. And uh, and, and it's going to be really exciting to see how this all works out for 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 everybody. Uh, so we'll just just the whole randomness thing. I think the fact that it's like a World Cup um, style format, it's really going to be a lot of fun. And then also, unlike the World Cup or a lot of group stage competitions in, in football, every game matters because there are points for the regular season at, at for the taking. Uh, the stakes are a, little bit, are a little bit higher for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't know if rigged is the right word, but – you know, the MLS is the first U.S. men's sports league to make its comeback. So all eyes, all these these eyes that have been thirsting and so hungry for sports for the past three months, this is going to be the reintroductions into into you know American live sports. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on here. I think they honestly wanted to have as many rivalry games as they can to you know up the viewers and, and make it you know larger than it is and hype it up. So I do think there's they saw an opportunity to recoup some of this money that they've lost due to the, uh, the halt on the season. And uh, I don't think this was by, by, you know, chance or anything, but let's go ahead and, and, you know, go through our expectations of, of group a uh, and then, you know, specifically get into inter Miami's games that we'll be playing uh, because we luckily will not have to play NYCFC, but we do have to thank God through to, uh, to advance out of this. So, um, you know, the, the first, we're playing the first game. We're playing the home team. So Orlando City is going to be great. They're going to really try and thrust this Florida rivalry, you know, into existence. Uh, and then we're going to play the Chicago Fire and the Philly Union. Um, let's just kind of run through our expectations of Group A. Of these six teams, who do you see advancing? What are the potential third-place teams that will be able to, you know, be one of the four overall to get uh, selected into the, the, the knockout rounds? Um, honestly, I, I, I just think based off like continue, uh, uh, play, like style of play coaching, like New York and Philly are probably in the best scenarios because they're not an expansion teams. Their coaches, um, are either really good or they're the same guys from last year. Um, so, and they also just have the best all around squads. Um, I, and then, uh, and then third place, I think will be us, um, on, on just on a paper, uh, on paper, our roster is, is the strongest of the of the remaining four. Um, Nashville just isn't there yet. Like their signings during the offseason were not as good as people were. We're not that good, and it, it showed. Like there were moments of like of like spark when they were playing Atlanta and stuff, but it showed in the end they just didn't have enough depth and enough like especially in the midfield. Um, Orlando, there I think they're a very boomer bust team. Like when they're on, they could they can score, but they will allow goals. And then Chicago, I think, can be a, an upsetting team. They they did play really well against Seattle, but I think they also have a lot of things to figure out as well. So I think the amount of time, like 
after, after seeing us play against LA and against DC, especially like there were moments of both matches that we, we seemed to have it firmly in hand, especially against DC before the ref unfortunately got involved. I think we can definitely get ahead of it. And also the weather, the heat is going to be a big factor. You're, you're playing teams that are from further North um, that aren't used to the heat. Obviously Orlando is going to be used to it, but I think that's also going to be a, be a factor. We are probably going to be playing at eight o'clock against Orlando. So the sun won't be much of an issue, but I do see the humidity being, being a factor. And, and that's the thing, like the game, the game times are, are very up in the air right now. I've heard uh, games starting as early as nine o'clock in the morning and in the summer, that's not fun. Then there's our game against Orlando and, and possibly another game at eight o'clock. But also there's a chance of one being in the mid afternoon, which is a scary thought considering like we all know going to Disney World Universal, what happen what happens when you're there in the middle of the summer? It It's not fun. It's really not fun. And we were talking about that on the last episode of just the, the location of this, although understandable, is pretty brutal. I mean, listen, we're in the smack dab middle of one of the biggest hot spots of COVID, but then we're also adding the heat of summertime, which is a much different heat than South Florida experiences a little bit more farther up north. So definitely stamina depth is going to play a huge factor in this role. And you know, like you previously touched on, Max, you know, we are playing Orlando, Chicago, and Philadelphia. I know myself and Jay both have two W's and a tie. We have us beating Orlando and Chicago with a potential tie in the Philadelphia Union. What's your what's your thoughts on how the outcome of these first three matches turn out? Um, I think we will uh, beat Orlando 2-1. Uh I think we're going to lose to Philly, unfortunately. I, I just, just they just have so much experience, and they really had a strong end of the regular season last year, and and I don't and I don't believe they've really stopped since then. And then I I, I can definitely see a a, a a win against Chicago, but I easily can see a draw. Um, it, it's just one of those things where it's like who who knows how the style of play in MLS like who can rough it out, who can rough out a win or who can rough out that, that, that goal that gets you going um, forward. Uh, Chicago, I saw their game against uh, Seattle and, and, and it was actually pretty inf- impressive considering that they, uh, they were ba- Everything about the organization has changed. Everything they've done has changed. Uh, the fact that they still got out results against Seattle, it, it, it's, it means something. And I, and I think that that will show itself too, because like, yeah, they've been gone for months, um, but they, they still got something out of it. They, they have one point. They have actually shoot. They, they have um, two points on the season, a draw against, against the galaxy. And then a lot, which was a close loss to Seattle and then a tie against the revolution. So they, they, they have more games in than, than we do. Um, and we just have to see what happens uh, from there. Like, I don't deserve honestly. to win anything with that, with that logo change. Okay. My, my, my three-year-old could have designed a better, better logo for Chicago. It, it's it, honestly, man, it, what, what's, there's two parts of it that are very sad. Chicago's old logo was beautiful. I loved it. I thought it was classic, and there was no need to change it. Then the second part is, you know which agency designed their logo? Which? The same one that designed ours. Wow. They they got shafted. Wow. Well, they clearly learned from their mistakes. But here's the problem. 
when you design a logo, you don't send one logo. You send various ones yeah, with yeah. various so ideas. It was, it was selected. Someone decided on that. There was a gatekeeper at the end. Let, let it may it be the general manager, the president, the owner, what have you, said this is what we're going to go with. The, so <laughs> well, I gotta say it was it was probably a mistake, but. Who knows? I'm it's not an expensive mistake, man. They've it's already talked about replacing it. They've already, they, like, not even three games into the regular season. They should definitely do that. The, the fans don't deserve that. But uh, funny enough here, so we have six teams in Group A. Do you know what our odds are to win Group A? I do not. It's the, Vegas worked really hard on this one. They gave us a six to one. So there's one. Are you taking those odds, Max? I'll put a dollar down. <laughs> can't, can't go wrong. I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, that they're not even giving, like, you know, giving any effort. But our odds to qualify out of there are uh, three to two. So, well, in all honesty, on the grand scheme of things, we're just a few. I think we're eight points down from Philadelphia Union on winning the entire thing. And I think you're right. I mean, anybody can catch fire at any certain time. And I don't mean to say anything, you know, towards the Chicago fire. But, uh, you know, Robert Barrett can get hot. Or, you know, we could switch over Orlando and Dom Dwyer could potentially go on a roll. So, there's a lot of talent that we're still playing out here. We shouldn't be able to take this for granted, but I think the grand scheme of things, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this, Max, is that I'm personally really happy that we're playing the Philadelphia Union on our last game here, just from the simple fact that they're one of three professional teams that we have played thus far. And given it was preseason, but it still was with the team that we pretty much have on the pitch today. Uh, one of three MLS teams, Tampa Bay Rowdy is still professional. We don't want to upset any Tampa Bay Rowdy fans. No, we, appre- we appreciate the Tampa Bay Rowdy fans. Uh, but it is it, it is good that there will be familiar faces on the other side. Um, there, there. That's the that was going to be the biggest thing too. Like obviously you guys you'll have guys like Robles and Torres and stuff that that know these teams, but as a, as a squad there wasn't really anything there just yet that'd be like oh we know what we're doing. Um, and then and then also yeah, so in the in the in the form of the draw it, it kind of helps that like if we do get a positive result against Orlando and let's say we we cut out a draw with the union or we get a win, like it, it gives us that, that flexibility into the third match that we, we may not have had, had it been like reverse or like the union first. And then it's like, shoot, we got to get something. What if something goes bad here, then we're desperate. Um, and that's the thing. And then the rest of the group, the rest of the group also works out in our favor in the fact that like, like while we're going to be playing the union second, uh, like I don't, I don't want to be the team that plays New York city FC in the middle. That's yeah. that stinks. Like that's right. not fun. That's exactly right. I think the biggest piece here that you know we talked about it just earlier on this episode is that we've never seen the the you know full potential of Inter Miami because you know number one Carranza has been out. Number two, we've been trying to find our identity as a team, get the chemistry up, really mesh together. So this will be the first time that we're going to be able to see us with all the weapons at our disposal. And, you know, we have an advantage being an expansion team and brand new. We were just given three more months to, you know, whether they were Zoom workouts or Zoom calls. And, and then they started, uh, you know, the partial training and then full team training. Uh, that gives us a serious advantage. And it's going to be interesting to see because where we have played some games, we haven't seen, you know, our, our full starting 11 yet. And then that'll be completely different a year down the road once we have our DP and the other slot filled. So, um, you know, I don't want people to, uh, you know, to look at the previous two, you know, games that we've had 
and think, you know, this is the same team you're going to get. I'm hoping that Carranza is everything he was hyped up to be and that, you know, we got Carranza and Robbie, we can play off each other or rotate in and out. So uh, it's going to be really fun just to see the completed or up to this part, uh, you know, the full potential of our team. Well, it's going to be very interesting in the first game because, unfortunately, because the group games also count towards the regular season, Roman Torres' red card is still in effect. Uh, he won't mm-hmm. be playing in the first game. But um, somewhat good news, it really depends on, on on how everything works out. We just finalized or are finalizing the transfer of former Atlanta United star Leandro gonzalez Pires, mm-hmm. who was as uh, Zolo de Tijuana in Liga MX, but – He's coming, coming over, coming back to MLS. He's a fan favorite in Atlanta. I know that when he left, a lot of people were not very happy about it. But it's bigger question of, is he going to be able to be ready to play for us at the time? Is he going to be allowed to play uh, for the first game? So we really got to see who's going to be in the back for us. Um, and honestly, that's the biggest question mark. Having Caranza back and having a fully healthy Robbie Robinson will also, it will be huge. I feel because we saw what the potential of the team was for those first 15 or so minutes against DC where we scored the goal um, uh, by Pizzato. And then we, we, we thought we had scored a second goal uh, via Lewis Morgan. And then it was called back and everything that happened. So, but those first 15 minutes, like we were on fire against a, a pretty a pretty experienced uh, squad in DC. So if that could happen again, obviously it's been three months. The guys just got it started playing again on the field together in practices. We got to see if that, if the magic can happen again and can happen for an extended period of time in a game. But if it does, like I, I, I like our chances in in all three games because like what I saw against LA as well, there was really good bright spots in the LA game. And then if we can, if we can bring that against Philadelphia and we can bring them against Chicago. I, I, I could see us have as a result. I, I agree. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun thing to watch. I think you know, with with Torres out one game, we you know thankfully have more depth on our on our back line than anywhere else on the pitch. I would say so. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can rotate maybe like a De La Garza or even an Alvis Powell, some configuration. I would be comfortable even seeing you know three back with Fagal in the middle and Sweat mm-hmm. on the left and uh, and Reyes on the right. I think Reyes is going to be a, a really great talent. That we're he, he's going to be special. Yeah, yeah I think he is going to be special. And even talking about the formation structure, I mean, we have Carranza back. How do you see his addition to our team affecting what we throw out as our starting eleven game one? Uh, I, I think it. I think what it does it changes up Robbie Robinson's role because he he was basically forced to be out there on, on like the beginning. He really he held he held up well in both Great. games. He had he had moments of glory. Um, just like about to happen, uh, but when you guy when you got a guy who's as uh, who has who has so much potential and could be as prolific as Cadanza is, um, that really makes a difference. We got to see how he came back from injury, how he's healing up. We, I haven't heard anything bad about about his health since he got back on the field. Um, something also that it could be a really good um thing for us is that we got back on the field a lot more a lot more recent than some other squads like just read yesterday that nycfc for example they can't even practice at their facility in new york they are practicing at the red bulls facility in new jersey because new york isn't fully open just yet so you it's those little things that could uh, really add up um in the long run like i know paul mcdonough even spoke of staying at the training facility as long as possible um, I know they have to be in town by July 1st, 
But I also think like they're not going to be taking planes, for example. I don't, I don't see them flying up to Orlando for what's essentially a three-hour bus ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the little things that are going to add up to to the soft factors, you can call them, help like helping us in the end. And then a really big thing, I don't know if you guys have thought about it, who better to have helming the ship than Diego Alonso, who is a master of winning tournaments. He's won uh, CONCACAF Champions League twice, and he's won Copa uh, Mekis. Like, the man knows how to handle these kind of situations because he's done it significantly several times. And it's like, what better – like, that? Th- those kind of things are what really get me excited in the fact that, that like, all these things are adding up to we could get something very favorable happen to us. Um, and, and honestly, that first game is going to make a whole world of difference. Obviously, the fans want to win that game because it's Orlando. It sucks that we can't be there. But having our first game uh, back, being against what potentially could be our arch rival in their in their hometown, not their stadium, but it, it could be a, a really, really good launching point for the rest of the year. And I'm I'm excited to see what this team can do because I do feel that overall – we have that mental fortitude that that sometimes expansion teams don't have. So we just have to see what happens uh, from here on out. Agreed. Agreed. Well, for the sake of being able to do all this in a, in a timely fashion, let's go ahead and move on to the other groups just to keep it easier for the, the listeners. We'll stay on the Eastern Conference groups first. So we'll go from Group A to Group C, which has Toronto FC, New England Revs, Montreal Impact, and D.C. United. Who are your picks coming out of that in a potential third place coming out of there? Uh, so the favorite easily is Toronto. Uh, they they still have the squad that won MLS Cup, pretty much. They got Bradley. They they got um, why well, can I not forget, remember his name? Josie Altidore. Like you you, you don't just lose that. Uh, you don't have that back and, and and not give yourself an advantage. Obviously, with that group, it, it, it's the second place team is a very big question mark. Like obviously, we saw DC United up front and personal. Uh, and we had them on the ropes. It, it really took some some calls going basically their way 100% the rest of the game for them to get back in the game and to win the game. Uh, so we don't know about that. Montreal, uh, they've actually played more games than everybody else because they've also played CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, Henri, obviously, being their coach, uh, he, he knows how to handle – uh, tournaments because he's played in every every competition you can think of and then the revs uh with B- bob bradley i mean sorry excuse me uh bruce arena being the coach like the man knows how to win he knows how to like snuff out results so it, it, there's a lot of question marks in that group just overall like it, it's it's crazy yeah the competition in group c honestly really intrigues me i mean like you you touched on i think toronto is probably the favorite to come out of it josie's potentially the best forward attacker inside the entire group i mean pablo pietti he's a flash on the field on the wing i mean the whole team of toronto fc is pretty talented one team though that i think it's kind of gone a little bit as a little bit of a dark horse i mean we play them extremely well honestly i'm still kind of trying to recover from the loss that we took (laughs) united but um similar to us they got healthy and they were a team that was banged up when we did play them. There were a couple players out. Uh, Edison Flores is back. Amil Assad, uh, Ola Kamara. Those are all problems for everyone. And I'm honestly excited to see this group potentially maybe the most or second most out of all of the groups besides Group A. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it, it, there's a lot of just because of the fact it's going to be so competitive. Every game I feel is going to be is going to be must watch uh, TV. 
All right. And uh, I actually agree with all that. I think Toronto's going to win. I'll give DC the uh, the second place spot, and I think the Revs will, will be in the third place spot there. Uh, moving on to Group E, here we have featured Atlanta United, the great FC Cincinnati. NY Red Bulls. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah. NY Red Bulls and uh, Columbus Crew. What do you see going on over here? I could definitely tell you one thing for sure. Fourth place finish for our dear friends, FC Cincinnati, the wooden spoon holders and everything. Uh, it's it's you know, first place win they, for Atlanta United. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely see that now. The battle between it, uh, the the Red Bulls and Columbus is really really interesting. Either team could be second place. You, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised if the third place team uh, gets in via the win with Cincinnati. Uh, I, I do see Cincinnati going 0-3 in this one, unfortunately. Uh, Columbus Crew, you have the combination of uh, Donington Nagby and Caleb Porter again, and those guys just know how to win together uh, when they're on the same same roster. Um, Atlanta, uh, if everything if everything comes back to, to normal with them, there's no reason they shouldn't at least get two wins against the Ohio teams and then a draw against the Red Bulls, which I think they would be happy with. So um, this one seems probably the most, the most like rational and most logical one uh, choice out of all of them. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I only see that the, the number one and number two teams coming out of this group. I don't think the third place will be able to compete with the third place teams from the other groups. Mm-hmm. Got that. Funny enough too. I mean, I know we're bashing <laughs> FC Cincinnati right now, but they're not, the Vegas doesn't hold them as the lowest odds to win the cup. Um, the MLS is back up. Uh, they're actually the third to worst at 60 to one odds. The Vancouver Whitecaps are 66 to one odds. And uh, feels pretty good to say that Nashville SC is sitting at 75 to one odds as an expansion team. And don't let me forget Orlando City sitting on the fourth worst odds at 50 to one. That's that's just beautiful. That's poetry right there. <laughs> Well, let's get into uh, the Western Conference, which I think we can all agree, Inter-Miami fandom and pride aside, this is the uh, most competitive group in, in the, or uh, side of this tournament, what I say. But Group B, we got Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, and San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah, this uh, this one's... Okay, it's easy at the top. I, I I see the Sounders just keeping the ball rolling, like the, the, maybe the most consistent club in MLS uh, the last ten years. They 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 know how to win. They they know how to just, especially like in tournaments uh, formats. They MLS Cup and and Open, U.S. Open Cup. That's that's the thing they enjoy the most. They love the the tournament formats and everything. So I see that continuing, especially with. Uh, as long as uh, Adrian Hauser is their coach, like it, they just got they they got the squad to win this kind of stuff, and they also have a very favorable group pairing. FC Dallas is a really really solid squad overall, and then it's for the I I feel bad. Uh, the Earthquakes have some good qualities, but they already lost the game. Uh, they lost to Minnesota United, and it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad game, and then the Whitecaps are overall just a mess and i i definitely see seattle and fc dallas coming out of this one uh and maybe luck of the draw winner of vancouver san jose gets that third place maybe but i i highly doubt it 
Yeah, I think this is kind of one of those one of those groups that are a little bit more obvious. I think this is going to be one of those ones that you see Seattle and Dallas pull away pretty easily in Vancouver and San Jose, San Jose kind of get lost a little bit within the marks. I mean, like you said, Seattle's true and true depth, proven talent, championships. I mean, you name it, they're 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 pretty much there. So. You know, I guess this kind of brings us down to Group D. Um, this includes uh, Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, Colorado, and Real State Lake. Group D, a.k.a. Group of Death. AKA group of Death. Ring of Fire, a.k.a. Holy crap, this is going to be fun to watch. A.k.a. Hold Your Biscuit, a.k.a. It's Father's Day. <laughs> now, here's the weird thing. The group, uh, the seeded team, Real Salt Lake, actually has the least amount of points in the standings. The other teams are, are undefeated. Sporting KC, Minnesota United, and Colorado Rapids have six points. They are the top of the West right now. There, there are four teams in MLS with six points, and they are three of them. That that that's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Like Real Salt Lake is a good squad. They they obviously got here because of their finish last year, but it's like they're the low end of the totem pole. And I can't. I don't know. Like just based off, just based off right now, goal differential. It is like. Sporting KC is six. It, it, sorry, it's five. Um, Minnesota United has scored five goals. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like I I, I could see I, I I will give it to to Sporting KC and Minnesota to win to be first and second, but third place team uh, uh Rocky Mountain Cup easily could could go into the next round. Like this this is a loaded group. It's a fin- like I know that everything was rigged and, and, and everything in the draw, but this is this is the kind of group that you want to see in a tournament format. This is going to be a lot of fun. If, yeah, if you're neutral, this is awesome. If you're yeah. a fan of any one of these teams, you're probably not not too thrilled because you have the competition here. The funny thing is, literally all four of these teams kind of remind me of Toronto. Like they're on the cusp of, of breaking through to being one of the league greats, like that kind of tier one clubs. And I think this really could be the year for Minnesota United or Sporting KC. Um, you know, they're they're really playing at a very high level. So this one is tough. It really is. I think I think Minnesota number one, Sporting KC number two. And gosh, I'm gonna exactly go. I'm yeah. Gonna say, I'm gonna say Colorado well, at three, and I think I think they bit. advance. Which of these? Because only the top three teams of each group have the potential to advance. That doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. That's only the top three. Let me ask the question this way. Which team do you see most likely to be left out of that top three? I'm going to say Colorado. I know they have two wins. I know. But I, something's telling me Ralph Salt Lake is going to sink in. It's, but, like, I could be completely wrong. Like, if you tell me Colorado will be first, Sporting KC will be second, and Sporty, uh, and then Ralph Salt Lake and Minnesota fight for third, it's like all the scenarios are possible because, like, where they are right now, you 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 can definitely trust in guys like Peter Vermes uh, being the coach of Sporting KZ. Like they've won MLS Cup and the U.S. Open Cup in the recent past. Uh, Minnesota, like they uh, with um, with uh, Adrian Heath as their coach, like he's experienced. Like there's a lot of things that are, and then obviously local boy Robbie Frazier being the coach of uh, the Colorado Rapids. It's like. There's so many, there's so many possibilities that like, I kind of wish it was not just the best third round team. It's like, cause you could have a chance where it's like, there could be straight up. Everyone has like four points somehow. Like it's, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be a really, really fun group. I'm excited um, for all of, for the Midwest hate, hate fest. It's going to be really, really exciting. 
yeah, this group is definitely must watch TV. I mean, like you said, Sporting Kansas City, absolute stud in Gotti Kinda. I mean, goals are not a problem with anyone on their front line. Alan Pudo, uh, Johnny Ru- Russell, Garazo Fernandez, et cetera, et cetera. Felipe Gutierrez is out. It does sound like he had knee surgery a few weeks back. But like you said, I mean, you could possibly see Real Salt Lake or Colorado popping up in front. This group is going to be must-see TV. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, if I was a degenerate like Mr. Papa George over there. Uh, if there was a prop bet on, on will Group D have a third place team selected, I'm saying yes. Let me lock it in. I am, I am very confident that Group D will have one of the third place teams emerge into the, the, the knockout rounds. Well, let's get to – there's quite a bit of discussion we can have on Group mm-hmm, F, mm-hmm. but uh, this one – Looked good initially, but there's some some details everyone needs to be aware of, uh, you know, in this group. So we got LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers. I'm going to jump off right off the off the bat. Carlos Vela is not going to be playing. LAFC, their odds drop significantly significantly due to that. So this will be kind of interesting to see how LAFC can. Uh, you know, who's going to pick up the slack because someone's going to have to. You're not going to have the, the beast, the, 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 you know, grim reaper there who can basically score from anywhere in the final third. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, the thing is that the scariest thing about LAFC is like, yeah, you don't have the MVP, but you just signed Annie Nahar. Like, like the rich keep getting richer. And it's one of those things where it's like, like they have, they have true depth at, in MLS, which is a rarity. Like you got, you you have guys like Anil Har now. You also have guys like, like Kristen Blackman, who's who's oh sorry, excuse me, Adrian Perez, who's fantastic. Riley Wright Phillips, obviously been in the league forever. He's the all-time leading goal scorer. Like if he even sees the field, like that'd be amazing. But if he if he if he does and he goes like and he has that old spark, it could be amazing. Adama uh, Diomande is a fantastic player. Like this squad is there's a reason why they had the most points ever in MLS last year. Like they're they're probably right next to Seattle favorites to win MLS Cup. There's a reason for it. Like there is a there's experience here. They have Bob Bradley as coach. The man knows how to how to strategize. Uh, Diego Rossi obviously is uh, Brian mm-hmm. Rodriguez. They, they they've got talent for sure. Yeah, like the the biggest thing is is the, they're the only ones who can get in their own way. I but feel like the, getting guy. out of someone's mm-hmm. got to be the guy because Vela has been their guy. So who is going to step up and be that that true, you know, uh, center center forward that's going to be the target man and be able to put the team on his shoulders? I think I don't think they're going to need that because of the system that they work. Like you have like a Diego Rossi, but you also have a Diamande who who had a very good year last year. So it's it's one of those things that 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 makes them so dangerous is that they don't. They, obviously, having a Vela is amazing, but like Diamande scored twenty two goals last year, like. Yeah. That that's ridiculous. They're probably like, wishing they had a, a Lee Win to come in and help them out. Oh, oh, trust me. To this, I think LAFC <laughs> fans. That was the one thing they were angry about. They were really excited to play us. I heard all the guys who went uh, from the C to LA said their fans were nothing but fantastic. But they were like, "You took Lee Win from us, and that's not cool." 
and yeah. and, and and that means a lot. Like it, that shows you, Maynard, you know, warm welcome when he came onto the to the pitch. He was signing autographs on the sideline. So loved it. Um, you know, look, I, I understand we all get in heated rivalries, and that's what makes sports so great. But when you can travel to a city and their fans welcome you and are very friendly. You know, it's not like you're going to Philadelphia, you know, Eagles game where they're throwing beers at you or anything. You know, it's great to be part of it, of it going to over. Watch to out, Jay. We might get a one star on some Philadelphia Eagle we, fans we, out there. We might. We might. But, um, yeah, very well. Very. It was a good thing to see them. Uh, so happy to, to have Lee. We Lee win just back in their stadium. But Gu- um, guys, am I the only one right now that's going to talk about L.A. Galaxy as a potential dark horse in this group? Probably. Yes. I think so, because I think Chicharito right now, he has been someone who has not done anything since entering inside this league. You Everyone gotta, has been dope house. waiting <laughs> to break out, and this might be the potential platform that he needs. He scored his first goal in the uh, what, EMLS, and, mm-hmm. and they were they were joking on him for not scoring more goals in real life. So uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see that team because they, they have struggled they, they definitely they have struggled. struggled absolutely and we were going to kick their ass when they come down to south florida but we didn't get no. the chance but i'm just i for fact knew that we were going to beat them like absolutely. it was probably it was going to be a like an avalanche kind of thing um a lot of people put the blame on uh, guillermo barro scaloto the coach obviously he's an mls legend uh via his time at columbus he's on the hot seat right now he's on the hot seat and, and the thing is that it's what happens when you get a guy you go from a guy like zlatan who can literally score any way possible it's the man is not real to a guy like chicharito i've watched chicharito obviously via his time in manchester united because of a manchester united fan and then obviously via mexico he needs proper service mm-hmm. to get goals going and he doesn't have that there that's what makes Zlatan so special that He's even a, a team different player than yeah. Zlatan. Yeah. Exactly. A so-so la galaxy team almost made it to the la cup to the mls cup final because of one man but we don't have that one like tight in on the field like what are you going to do yeah um, and, well he's going to have a monkey on his back until he can score his first and MLS that's goal. what i'm talking about too chicharito is one of the biggest signings mls had potentially probably the biggest signing over this offseason and there is a lot of trouble right now happening in la and it's not on lafc's side it's on the la galaxy right now and that's really why i think that they're going to be a surprise team you can look at the rosters and the papers all you look but until you get on the pitch and prove yourself it's going to be a different story so i'm a little bit more optimistic that it seems like the rest of you two but you know that's why we got to throw the ball down and play the game i mean pavone and you know legit could step up you know dos santos could step up so they've got to figure some stuff out there um, it's a shame we weren't able to play them while they're still oh, in a hectic that would be Oh, God. It formed up so perfectly for us. It was oh. Perfect. It was the stars aligning to just absolutely smack them around. Yep. yep. All right. So on to the other two teams. So Houston Dynamo, <laughs> Portland Timbers. Um, I mean, who's coming out of this group? Because honestly, like, I think LAFC – LFC is the obvious, the obvious uh, uh, group winner. That's that's not a question. I don't know. I, I like Portland might be the group winner. I think LFC. No, <laughs> sorry. Um, Portland. What can I say about Portland? Like it, it, I, I'm hearing chainsaws rev in the distance, and they're coming for your head, Max. I'm okay with that. I I, I was a, a little bit of a Portland Timber supporter before Inter Miami came around. I love I love them. And if you get Diego Valeri going, like, and you get Fernandez going, like, you you could you can have good things happen. They just need to turn on, and and that's the problem. It's it, it really depends on like what version of the Timbers are we gonna get? Are we gonna get 20, 2018 Timbers that that went all the way to MLS Cup, like that that 
that were just kicking kicking ass and it and, and taking names or you could get last year's where it was just like they could just never stay consistent and and also like diego valeri is getting a little bit older he's he's already um 33 and it's like okay how how we how do we get to handle this like how's he gonna handle the heat obviously they they play up in the in the northwest it doesn't get that hot like those little things that you got to figure out uh can uh, giovanni uh um, Servici, can he lead his squad uh, and build his roster the right way? The the one thing I know for a fact about this group is I see the Dynamo finishing last. Um, I just don't see them. They don't have the squad needed to take on LAFC. They obviously already played the Galaxy, lost to the Galaxy. It's there's it, there's so many question marks on that roster right now, and I think what they're probably going to do is just use this this tournament as a Let's see where we are and how we're going to look for the rest of the season kind of thing. Yeah, and that's the whole other side of it, too. You have someone like Inner Miami who's probably going out there trying to get three Ws. Other teams are going to try and, you know, not necessarily focus as much on the regular season record that these groups do entail. And Max, I got to ask you like it did back in Group D. You already ruled out Houston, but... Of this group, of Group F, do you see three or two teams coming out of this? And depending on that answer, which are those three or two teams that do advance? Okay, LAFC is obviously the group winner. And, boy, that, yeah, you put me on the spot here. I know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make some, some, some drama uh, early, well, quote-unquote early in the season. I see the Timbers going through, and I see the Galaxy, like, kind of just like whimpering out and it's and it's and you're gonna get a lot of question marks obviously i think any coach at this point is going to be safe for the time being but guillermo barroscoloto will be firmly in the hot seat after this tournament um they make i see them getting maybe a point uh two points out of this or maybe just uh this one the galaxy are going to, are probably going to get out of this and, and the, the timbers are going to move forward. It, it's one of those things where it's just like, I just don't see the roster there to like, to build up and move forward. I could be completely wrong. Mind you, as, as anything go like with predictions go, but I, I, I do see the first like real hot seat conversation happening with the galaxy and, and their coach. I think a change is going to have to come if they can't, you know, figure out what's yeah. going on. If know? they get ousted without moving past this group stage, I think the coaching change may be due. And honestly, I think the the result of the ga- of the game against LAFC is going to really determine. Like, even even if they somehow beat Portland and beat Houston, but like the way they play against LAFC is going to say a lot. Obviously, the group stage wouldn't wouldn't make a big difference, but it's one of those things where LAFC has obviously taken the totem pole. In the Los Angeles area, they are the hot club right now. Getting Chicharito obviously was a smart move by the Galaxy, on at least the marketing front, the fan front. But in the end, LA is a lot like Miami. They like winners, and if LAFC keeps doing what they're doing, it, it's it's one of those things where it's you're gonna have to start. You're gonna have to make a change to keep up with your rival. It, it's it's exactly. simple as that. I mean, LA Galaxy has been a cornerstone of the MLS since the MLS was founded, and they are now losing to another 
new team in their backyard. So there's a lot riding uh, on their competitions, much more than just points or season totals go. But I mean, you know, it's more about who can maintain control you know, of the city. But that concludes all the groups. We will have to circle back for, you know, post group stage activity. Once we get the uh, the knockout rounds set up to, to mm-hmm. make on how this tournament goes. But uh, it's coming up soon, July 8th. We will have the inaugural first kickoff game, if you will, against our little brother in the state Orlando City SC. But Max, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Thank you for making time on Father's Day. I know you're with your family, so uh, tell your father happy Father's Day from the Inner Miami podcast, and thank you for letting us steal you for, you know, an hour or so. But it's been great, bud. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having uh, me on. And, uh, And, Jay, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, brother. Thanks again, Max. We'll talk soon. All right, bye. Max, big, big supporter and friend of the podcast. He's Jay, we toss around this term a lot, but he's a true day oneer. He was here from the start. If all you listeners are day oneers, or if you're not, go back and check out our previous episodes. We did an entire series of all the supporters groups, and Max was one of the first people we had on the podcast. Much love, and we look forward to continuing to have him on. Yeah, he was, I think, one of the very first people to ever message us after, I think, our first episode, whenever we, we started this thing. So, um, yeah, it really been, went uh, downhill from there. Very guy, very knowledgeable. Um, you know, gives us as much information as he can as well. So, uh, love him, love him, love him. Let's keep it rolling. We are almost done. I know I covered a lot of player rumors last episode. I only have one, and honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably already been deaded with the uh, news of LGP, but um, SBI Soccer uh, reported that Fabian Johnson, who currently plays for uh, Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach, is looking to return to the MLS. Um, Some reports say he's not looking for a DP-level salary, but rather a targeted allocation money salary, so teams won't need to use one of their DP spots. However, Sports Illustrated report conflicted this by saying he does want a DP-level salary, but he would be open to a TAM setup as well. Uh, Fabian Johnson is on the MLS allocation list, coming back into the MLS. Um, LAFC did have the top spot. They just signed Andy Najjar, so that leaves... Inter Miami with the first selection and FC Cincinnati with the second selection. FC Cincinnati's already expressed interest in Fabian Johnson, but we could have swooped him, but I don't think we're going to swoop him anymore because we're going to take uh, LGP. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say that one's dead, but still wanted to share. But that's all I got, man. Jay, your face lights up, man, when you talk about player rumors. It's fun. It's fun because they change every single week. They do. It's it's an ever-revolving door, and I'm glad you're having fun I with it. I know some people there, don't like to speculate, but whatever. That's <laughs> I'm down with it. Love it, love it, love it. And I think with the last player rumor, we are at the end of our show. We are. This is the Inner Miami Podcast. We are thrilled to be back with you. MLS is back back and we could not be any more excited we will be back with you next week but in the meantime please if you do not please do so follow us on instagram or facebook at inner miami podcast shoot us an email at inner miami podcast at gmail.com check out the website inner miami podcast.com if you can catch a trend we make it really simple for everybody and if you are so inclined go ahead and give us five stars on the app podcast store we would greatly appreciate it and without further ado 
I'm Alex Papa George. I'm Jay Kington. And vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.